Welcome to Oswald Gamer. I'm your host, Rob. Joined by the Twitch chat, and today we're going to be covering the stats for Age of Sigmar, the math stats, the number stats. We've got graphs, we've got charts, we've got timelines, we've got everything you might need to have a little bit of an insight into what Age of Sigmar looks like as a game, and most importantly, as a match play or tournament game that you might want to take part in. Okay, so there's some really cool stuff, there's some really interesting stuff, there's some big yikes stuff, and so we're going to dive straight into it now. I'll include in the show notes a link to where you can go see this. All this information is public and it's free and you can go check it out. We would love you to support us on this one game of Patreon if you'd like to, which would be cool and show your support. We've got a cool Discord. We can chat to everyone and that would be fun. Lastly, I want to shout out Rob and Tom. Rob specifically for doing all the background work and then Tom for creating all the graphics for us. You can go check out. So go and check it out. Go and check it out, which is cool. Because you can just look at it yourself and form your own opinions. Don't have to listen to me. Okay, lovely. Right, so let's go and have a look. So just to keep everyone updated on exactly what's happening in Age of Sigmar, Age of Sigmar 3 launched about nearly three years ago now. And then we had monthly, uh, sorry, six-month GHBs up until last summer, so the summer of 2023, where the Andorian... Um, GHB came out in the summer, and we are now eight months into that. About three months, about three months into that GHB, we got a balanced data slate. So the stats that you can see on this website are broken down into the entire GHB as a wholesale piece, and then everything since that balanced data slate. Which, because the balanced data slate or battle scroll as it's called, is two months late at time of recording, that means that this is going to cover an entire five month window. Uh, so it's going to be there's going to be some interpretive stuff you're going to have to look at. We've got things like the production matter, which is how long it takes to build something. You have um, you have um, different metas around the world as well, which is important as well. And then you have sub faction stuff, which is also pretty key. So let's go. Let's look into it. So the first section we're going to basically skip because uh, this is about the whole G. Oh no, the first section we're going to not skip, and the second section we're going to skip. So the first section is talking about player stats around the world, which is very cool. You can see a really fun map here of all the places where Age of Sigmar is played around the world. These are two-day events that we cover mostly. There are team events that happen in places as well, uh, which are very popular, and there are loads of one-day events. So this is actually a smaller fraction of the total number of people playing around the world. However, in the last eight months of this GHB, or since the GHB came out, we've had 150 two-day five-round events. So I imagine loads more stuff, uh, like loads more stuff on one-day events, with 4,239 unique players, which is cool, which is a growing 108 events. I did say that, I think. 108 events, 4,239 players, and these are all unique players. So the Age of Sigmar tournament scene is at least four to four and a half thousand people strong worldwide, which is cool, which is very, very fun. Uh, then this is all taking place across 23 different countries. But if there were events that we didn't know about in countries, then please do reach out to us. We'd love to hear about them. Me and Rob especially love that, which is cool. And then that's a total of 16,800 games and then 41,000 hours of Age of Sigmar played, which is good. And in some places played a lot slower and in some places played a lot faster, which is uh, very, very cool. Okay, so the next section, as I discussed, is what I am going to skip. So if you are looking at this, this is the 
overall general's handbook statistics. Now, these become a little bit odd because there's just so many different... Well, there's two different metas. There's pre the battle scroll that we had, and there's this five-month window all kind of condensed together. We've had some battle tone releases over that time as well. However, you know, over the course of the entire of this GHB, Sylvaneth have struggled. They're at a 42.9% win rate, uh, and Iron Jaws have also struggled as well. So it's worth talking about those. And one of the things about Sylvaneth and Stormcast Eternals, both are at the bottom, is that they're generally armies that are played by newer people. Normally, when you go into a game store or you start looking online, they're both very attractive. Stormcast Eternals are sold to you as the kind of poster faction of the army, and Sylvaneth are just wildly popular. People just love the aesthetic, and they there are so many people who have Sylvaneth armies as their first army, in my opinion. I think Seraphon is also one of those as well. Okay. Uh, then there's the overall meta representation for the entire GHB, and we're not going to spend a, long, a lot of time on this either, but Soul Black Gravelords have been the most popular so far. Gloom uh, Spike, Blades of Corn, Seraphon, Stormcast Eternals, OCR, Bone Reapers. Um, some of the ones that are not as popular, which are still main factions, the Launch Army, Cruel Boys, Nighthaunt, Disciples Zinch, Iron Jaws, Lumineth, uh, definitely not as popular as some of the other armies as well. Um we're going to skip some other stuff. And then we got the win rates over battle plans, which we're going to look at more later. Uh, and then we have the month-by-month -month statistics. Now, we're going to focus on this a little bit. Uh, and I think this is this is going to be quite important. So this, sh this, is what, this shows the production meta. Uh, it also shows how armies fall in and out of Vogue. Sometimes it's to do with how powerful the army is. Sometimes to do with whether or not it's a good counterpick army. And sometimes to do sometimes it's to do with the fact that people just get generally bored of running the army. And they switch up and they start using a new army. So looking at the production meta, the first thing we're going to look at over on the top right-hand corner is the Cities of Sigmar. Cities of Sigmar got their new book. And then for the past two months, they've been nearly 5% of the meta which is pretty amazing. Uh, you can see over there. Uh, so they have really spiked up in popularity, and we're going to talk about their win rate in a minute, so they definitely have also started to hit the tables and do very, very well, which is interesting. I'm going to shout out Lumineth Realm Lords. This is one of those interesting picks. We've got Lumineth not being particularly popular. There was had a big spike uh, in September, in October, I think. But one of the interesting things is a return to form uh, in January and February. And the reason for that, I'm going to assume, is that we saw them perform really well at the Games Workshop Golden Ticket Pyramid Scheme uh, World Championships that they had. Uh, and therefore, I think people have been inspired by that as well, which I think is uh, very interesting. One of the other interesting things about armies maybe just dropping off, maybe because of rules changes, is OCR Bone Reapers started out incredibly strong. And then we could see them uh, moving up to where we saw uh, we saw a little bit of a nerf for them, and then we've seen them drop off as well. Stormcast Eternals on the other side, I think, have started to become more popular, mainly because we've seen things like Skywing, which is the army of renown. Also, the release of Ionis has seen the popularity of those pop up as well. Gunspike Gits also have been an incredibly effective army since release. They're really popular, and with the introduction of things like Trug that army of renown has also seen an increase in their popularity on the tabletop as well. So there's lots to kind of break down from this in a much more detailed video, but there's some really key points here. But a lot of this, I, in my personal opinion, has got to do with either the production matter or with new releases. People love playing new release stuff at events. Uh, you know, you just need to see the nearly 5% uptick in Cities of Sigmar to see that people will go from not playing them at all 
to completely playing them, uh, which I think is very, very interesting. Um, okay, now we're going to look at faction win rates per month, and you can see that they they change very drastically. One of the things we've seen with Skaven in the last Battle Scroll update, they got a significant increase, and so we saw Skaven's popularity increase and also their win rate increase as well. Some of the armies have maintained a far more consistent win rate, for instance, Gloomspite Gits. While they have, for several times, under certain sub-factions, overperformed they actually have actually have had a pretty solid rate across the whole of um this andorian battle pack which is interesting especially as in the beginning of 2023 they were very high uh, but they've had a much more stable win rate now and at Deepkin, you can see a massive uptick, specifically when we got the release of the Battle Scroll, and they got the ability to have exploding sixes on their sharks. And when we look at the sub-factions, you'll see uh, that Futhwan outperforms the rest of the army all the time, which is the shark build, uh, which I find to be super, super interesting. Uh, so let's go down now and let's look at that as well. So this is all the Andorian Locust stats. So since the last launch of the last Battle Scroll update, these are the stats since then, which is good. So this is a more kind of stable matter and it's got more of an, it gives you more of an idea of what the general wholesale um, armies look like since like the game is balanced across the whole board between everything. Over the course of this, we've only had one army which is above the win rate that we would like to see, which is Caradron Overlords at 55%. This is actually slightly down on where they were a few, um, the last time we did this video, where they ended up being at around like 58%, although their sub-faction does increase. And then everyone else is in what we call the fat middle. So it's in the good zone between 45 and 55%. We're very gracious at the TSN Stat Center where we like to give Games Workshop like 10%. They can only have 10% of the meta, uh, sorry, 10% win rate or differential. Uh, we're not asking them to do a five, like 57 and a half to 52 and a half. We're letting them have 10% because they, you know, they don't try too hard. Uh, below the 45% mark though, we've got Cruel Boys, they're just there. Hedonites, Nighthorn, Iron Jaws, Silvermeth, and Bone Splitters. Bone Splitters don't count because no one's playing them. Literally 0% of the meta. Silvermeth is a very interesting one, as I've kind of talked about. Their army of renown increasing, and people have uh, increasing their play, and people have been doing okay with Silvermeth, but they definitely need redressing as an army, and they haven't had that for a while, and that's pretty sad. Iron Jaws players and Cruel Boys players are playing Big War. You get... Pretty interestingly, you're an Iron Jaws player. You have a 52.5% win rate. If you play Big War, you have a 12% win rate increase. 12% from going from playing Iron Jaws to playing them in Big War. So if you just put a Wurgog Prophet and a Gobsprack in your army, there's a 12% increase in the win rate. And that really does showcase how Games Workshop really don't understand how putting those pity battle tactics together in one sub-faction, which is Big War, which is something they gave to help Cruel Boys and something they gave to help Iron Jaws, really affected the wholesale army, uh, which is uh, a shame. Okay, looking at the mat, uh, the win rates and met representation for Andorian Locust, you can see Gloomspike Gits are the most popular since the release of uh, that battle scroll. Stormcast Eternals, Blades of Corn, Seraphon, Soulblood, Grave Lords, Slaves to Darkness, Bone Reapers, Silverneth. Silverneth has been interesting. I think Silverneth's 5% meta representation, but low win rate really does showcase, and the fact that some armies can, some players can win with that army, in my opinion, showcases that 
Sylvaneth is a new player army, an army that lots of players like to pick up and play early in their career when they're playing at events, and then they realize that they it's a much more harder army to play. I've said this before, Sylvaneth is an A-tier army played by C-tier players. I've said it before, and I'll say it again <laughs> with my chest. The next thing, the next section, I think is very, very interesting. So this is what a sub-faction looks like in compared to how the rest of the army does. A good example would be Ideneth Deepkin. Ideneth Deepkin as an entire army, they have a 50% win rate. However, if you just focus on the shark build, which is in the sub-faction Futhwan, they have a 56% win rate. So you can't really trust like the overall win rates at the top because definitely some sub-factions are much more effective and then the other sub-factions bring them down. Another example would be Seraphon. Seraphon at a 50% win rate. Oh, sorry, 45% win rate overall. I think something like that. Uh, however, Fangs of Sotek, which will be your Croak Bomb build, has got a 56% win rate. So it's only a percent over where we feel comfortable, but I still feel like it could and should be addressed. Similar, and this has always been true for most of its its existence in Age of Sigmar 3, the Zinch Battle Tome is always, always much better in a Guild of Summoners build than it has been in other builds. So that's the best sub-faction for them as well. Now, the um, key takeaway here, I think, and a lot of people are going to jump on this stat, is going to be the Hallow Heart sub-faction for the new Cities of Sigmar book has got a 66% win rate. That's a bit of a problem, uh, mainly because uh, we've seen them played a lot, but I would exercise caution on the city's uh, FAQ or the city's nerf, which is incoming, seeing as they already suffered a nerf previously. We saw the same reaction to the Gits. Gloomspite Gits, when they came out in the early 2023, had a massive early win rate with many people uh, saying that the sky was falling. However, the stats and tournament results kind of worked out that they ended up in the top of the meta and not overbearing as we've seen in Age of Sigmar 3 from things like Mega Gargans. So they definitely didn't end up being the boogeymen which everyone uh, showcased. However, I will recognize that I think Cities of Sigmar needs addressing in some ways, but it depends whether or not you want to make it so that they can't win events, which a lot of the strong armies need to do, or if you'd like to just rebalance them a little bit so that they're more playable across the army, which I think is interesting as well. Don't forget the release of the Cities of Sigmar book is a book of a book of three armies, really, with one of them, the Dispossessed, being close to unplayable. Uh, and then the Elven part of that army, while still strong and featuring in some event results, isn't necessarily super strong either. So the human part is definitely going to be addressed and Hallow Heart may be looked at a little bit as well. So there's some really interesting stuff here in how sub-factions perform versus how the overall armies work, which I think is uh, interesting. Lastly, on the stats, you can go and look at the player rankings here. Uh, and this is where you can see how different players around the world are doing. Uh, we take the best six event results that you've had, and then we uh, put them into our little math machine, and then we work out what your player rankings are. <laughs> the math machine is Rob, by the way. Uh, and the best best performing player around the world is Tom Guan, followed by his one of his best friends, Gavin Greiger. Uh, Greiger. Shout out to Gavin, love him. I love Tom as well, he's great. Mike Stewart from the UK. Uh, in third place, Carson Whitlock from Canada, the meat king himself, Gear Videld over from Norway, Danny Elvsted over from Norway, Juan Noah Singh over from the US of A in seventh, Matthias Crucial, oh, Matthias is from 
I'm going to really be upset. I forgot. Uh, Matt, Matt Goldsborough from the UK. John Addison from the USA. The fantastic Jacob. I'll do what I want. Brandon over in 11. Caleb Walters. Uh, Richie from the UK. So Caleb from the US. Uh, and then it keeps going. Matt from the USA. Anthony Trentnelli from the USA. Matt Nuge from the USA. Joel Graham from Canada, from Australia. Owen Jack from the UK. Freddie Leggett from the UK. And Alexander Gonzalez from the USA. Uh, then we have done them by regions. So the player rankings are done by regions now. And you can go check them out as well. Um, so you've got Matt Goldsborough, Mike Stewart, Freddie Leggett, and Baz Norman Juma, Owen Jackson, all in the top five over here in the UK. Going over to the US, Tom Guan, Gavin, Joanne, Carson, and John Anderson in the top five. If we go over to Europe, we've got Les Crow, who's French, Arkan, Axlad, Miladin, and Andreas Halter. Uh, these are all in these are all in France. Uh, then Australia and New Zealand rankings. We've got Joel Graham, Nathan Thompson, Patrick Nevin, James Hallam, Ryan Camley in that section as well. Uh, and oh, the Scandinavian rankings, we've got Geir Vidald, Danny Elvsted, Simon Lillehagen, Steen Garda, and Christian Barbokan uh, as well. Anyway, so there's some really interesting information here to deep dive and to look through. But I think one of the important parts to look at is to draw your own conclusions and uh, tell me how the stats make you feel about your army and how uh, that relates to what you think your army is like and what you can do. Games Workshop has addressed to uh, sorry, Games Workshop has a job to redress the balance of some of these armies. And there's external factors and there are internal factors. As an example making the win rates of some of the armies that are doing too good is something we all want to do. That's what we do. We need to drop them down. Uh, but the internal balance of an army is a real problem. As an example, we were talking about Cities of Sigma. Mainly, the win rates that we're seeing do really well are focused around tanks. Uh, mainly tanks, to be honest. Cavaliers, Fusiliers maybe as well. Um, and so nerfing them is going to affect the army. But you aren't seeing many of the dwarfs played, as an example. So being able to drop the points on those would help you redress the balance of the internal element of that army, not just the external factor of them being too good. Games Workshop has done, uh, historically, an incredibly bad job at both, uh, at least the internal balance. External balance they've done a little better at when it comes down to battle scroll updates, but really, it's been about the internal balance being a little bit out of whack. That internal balance being a problematic redress means that we end up with lists and armies that play very formulaically. That's actually pretty good because when you get around to team events, like we've got the Age of Sigmar World Team Championships coming up, you end up with a game that you have a nice kind of rock, paper, scissors mechanic for pairings and team list building and a bunch of stuff like that, which is quite interesting. Some of the sub-factions in Age of Sigmar really also affect how that happens as well. For instance, when we started to see the nerf to non-myriad OCR Bone Reapers, we saw that direct and significant increase in the win rates for Seraphon, as we talked about previously. So it's not that Seraphon weren't always insanely good, it's just that they were naturally beat by an incredibly good army at the time as well. So the game's in a very interesting place if you start to look at it like that, in my personal opinion, and if you start to look at battle plans. We talked about this in the last stat show, and I'd love people to go look at the stats again. Let me just go show everyone what I'm talking about. If you want to go look at it, if you go look at the win rates via battle plans, this is pretty telling stuff, in my personal opinion, uh, because you have some armies, like Carriage and Overlords, who are very good, as you can see here, on, oh, sorry, let me go show you, who are very good 
on the three battle plans that are the most played, well, the three most played. So they have a 63% win rate, a 60% win rate, and a 60% win rate on battle plans uh, two, three, four in popularity. And then the sixth battle plan, Spring the Trap, they're also really good at as well. So if you include these constantly, I always, and since the launch of Age of Sigmar, have always put, oh, sorry, not Age of Sigmar, but since launch of the GHB, I've always put the Frigid Zephyr in my battle packs. As you can see, it lowers the win rate a little bit. Uh, but if I really wanted to create a problem for Carriage and Overlords, I would put no reward without risk into my missions all the time. So that's how I write my battle packs for my events, which I run pretty much every month. Uh, so I think there's a really interesting thing you can look at here on the overall win rates for battle plans to really start to look at how some of these armies are performing and how they're doing in these missions, which I think is good. So you can learn a lot. You can deep dive this information a lot yourself and you can discuss a lot of stuff with your community. Uh, you can help generate better team results, loads of stuff. And it's all a free resource available for everyone to look at and learn through. So I encourage you to do so. I hope you've enjoyed this like little overview um, and let's bring on the battle scroll and have a good time. Thanks to everyone on the Oswald Gamer Patreon for helping me create this content. Thanks to Rob as well. I'll see you all soon.